Awkward intro number three. <laughs> Seriously, this is the third time. It's weird. I don't know why these take so long to start. How do, You've been listening to Michelle Leslie's podcast. How does she start hers? Uh, do they, they have like have, a little intro? Yeah, they've got like little music Oh, don't they have plays. like little, don't they have like little clips of the preachers? It, um, th- no, they have a little yeah. clip of music that plays and it reminds me of like the VHS tapes that you'd watch, um, you know, in Sunday school or whatever, how there'd be like that, <laughs> or whatever, oh, like, that like music. the little music that would play. I feel like there's that. And then they are just like, uh, choreographed and timely and they're just like hi welcome to oh, we're yeah, fitly spoken totally not into that and then we're like ah, we don't know what to do with our hands although i mean their content's pretty much the same it's just well that's what i found so they're funny. just so way a word fitly spoken is an amazing new podcast with michelle leslie who we recommend to you guys all the stinking time especially when it comes to um discerning women teachers and women that claim to be pastors I wonder how um, long it'll be before Lori goes on there and amy spreeman uh, i don't know if they've ever done anything together but amy spreeman who has that's Brian, what i'm saying though it Brian seems Institute like Naomi's table but they have a podcast it's fantastic and it's so funny though because I was listening to their first two episodes that they have out and I'm like it's essentially everything we talk about so uh, I'm not surprised that's what exactly what I expected it to be from them because they're really fantastic but anyways yeah if you're looking just, for something it's just so funny it's geared specifically for women you know that they talk about obviously but. all of the um, things they're talking about and saying are the same exact things that we are saying yeah. So it's like, hey, we're not alone. Yeah, I mean, no, we know we're not. It's, no, yeah, it, but it's I mean, nice when to we listen say to these someone things, that, it's, like, it's you biblical truth. Right. Yeah, it's standing it's in biblical, biblical truth. truth. But that's what's crazy is because most will not stand in biblical truth anymore. The big names that are out there, the big names that everybody hears, most usually are not standing in a solid Yeah, and they're not talking about the things that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's a huge thing. So, I mean, while we're talking about them we might we're going to talk about false teachers we a lot we've been doing that a lot lately well but and, we're doing it because it's one it's but we're explaining important. why right yeah because it is and important. if you're Everybody new to this podcast this. this ministry um and you've come in on this wave of people that we've got recently yeah we are deep in this apostasy um so you can totally you know, scroll back into type. what we've put out and yeah. look at, you know, kind of Definitely catch get, up. yeah, catch yourself up because if I get judged off of one more podcast again, I have to explain to somebody that this is something that we have. Five, four, I'm gonna, three, two, I'm probably going to scream. Yeah, which is whatever. It's fine. I'll deal with it as it comes. But a lot of people, unfortunately, take my heart completely wrong. And, um, you know, they they think that I am bashing these things and intentionally going out and attacking these things. And we shared a podcast yesterday that Todd Friel uh, did with the, what if what if the Galatians letter was written today? Yeah. And it was like people's little commentary on it to like what hateful Dear things Mr. they were saying. Apostle, yeah, there's a thing awful. like what hateful things. You? And I'm like. Yeah, it's the exact same things that people say now. So it's like whenever you talk about these things, you set off triggers and you, and you know, I, I guess it's just emotional responses. Right. Because people it's never like, respond scripturally to you mm-hmm. with where these things are out of line, unless it's something that's completely pulled out of context or like they didn't even quoting it, you right. know? Right. And I mean, we find ourselves just deep talking about this and. I don't think that I necessarily wanted to. I definitely wanted to go through this like series of doing like the theology rest and going through each individual because it sermons is, and all it these is, things. It's important and but, nobody talks about right. the importance of this. We glance over this like, ah, well, if you have nothing nice to say, just don't say anything at all. We just be nice and continue on. Eh, I think it's kind of important because, you lot know, more it's, than that. it's and clearly the, a lot. And clearly the Lord wants me to talk about, you know, he wants me to tackle it on many different fronts because it's been put in my lap on. Oh, yeah. You didn't go searching for. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's just it's it's not something that I wanted to keep talking about, but it's something that once you talk about it, you realize the problem 
and he yeah. realized that there's there's a large problem here that's very that's growing and well and we're getting contacted by people who have been hurt by this who are right. confused by this who are stuck in this right now you know all of this starts coming out and it's like oh my goodness like we can't not serve these people you know with these things it's incredibly important so right and i mean my job our job is you know teachers of the word are to warn the flock of these things yep and unfortunately a lot of the a lot of believers now are lost and they don't know and they're innocently innocently involved in a lot of these teachings and it sounds confusing, and I, you know, I, I told somebody yesterday, I was like, I can see how this sound would would seem like it would be offensive to you, and seems like somebody is trying to attack you. Yeah. Because whenever we, whenever we think about things like this, you know, like we automat, I think our brains, especially when we're thinking about religious stuff, our brains automatically go to like Westboro Baptist, you know, like you're just hating everybody and you're just out there protesting funerals just because of it. Mm -hmm. If you say anything and everything is apostasy and everything's going to hell, like, no, that's not, that's definitely not the case. But, um, biblically there's a duty to call these things out and to protect the faith that was handed down and, and not let, these false teachers or these things grow like cancers. No, we need to call these things out and turn from these things. I mean, you know, that's, it's not something that we can completely control, obviously, but we definitely can do a better job with it. Um, warning, we're going to do a Paul Washer clip here. So if you're new here and, I'm sure there's a lot of people who dislike Paul Washer. I don't know how you could. I I don't I mean, know I how know you could either, but only, I mean, I can only because I've seen many people, I've come into contact with many people that absolutely cannot stand him and who their, te their churches actually call him a false prophet and, and tell him not to, or tell them not to listen to him at all. Which crazy. just blows my mind. I mean, it doesn't blow my mind. I mean, I, I understand. Well, yeah, because he stands in such I mean, truth and, and nobody and, wants to hear it. You know, they somebody told me they're like, yeah, our pastor says he's a hate preacher. <laughs> and You're I like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like I, I was like, hey, are you serious with that? I'm like, the only time, the only way that Paul Washer would be a hate preacher is if you're lost. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> and then, well, <laughs> that's, and then people go, well, yeah. And the thing is, Paul Washer sounds upset, but he's serious. And he explains why this is serious and why this is such a big deal and where this comes from. So this little clip here, um, I say little, it's 20 minutes. So uh, bear with us here. I will try not to stop it. And talk too much because you know it's Paul Washer and what what can I say <laughs> to what Paul Washer says except for just agree with what he's saying here when he points out some great points in this clip um, of it's called false teachers in the church so I'll go ahead and play it and we'll see why this is such a big deal and this is a shorter clip of a longer sermon that he does um, it's actually teaching to a bunch of pastors so uh, it's like I said it's only about 20 minutes and he starts in a weird spot here but just hang on for a second and he gets going are instruments of apostasy look at verse 2 by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron you need to understand something I don't want to exalt my place or exalt the place of a preacher. But I want to tell you something. As God uses men 
to advance his kingdom through the proclamation of the truth. So the devil uses men to advance his cause against the kingdom of Christ. Now I want, to, I want you to notice something from the book of Acts that whenever the kingdom is advancing, it's because the word of God is being proclaimed. You want to advance the kingdom? Proclaim, proclaim, proclaim the truth. But you need to understand that there are two lines on this battlefield, and one line has men of truth. They are men of truth, not by their own virtue or merit, but the election, the sovereignty, the grace of God. They are men of truth, and they must stand with the truth and stop playing games like little boys and devote themselves to know the truth and to proclaim it. And then on this side, there is another line. And they are proclaimers of lies frivolity, maybe even good things, but not the best things of God. Now, it says that they're liars because they do not speak the truth. Now, what does that mean? They do not speak according to what is written, and therefore they prove that they have no dawn. Young man, when you get up in the pulpit, no one needs to hear from your heart. They need to hear from God's word. If you go on the mission field, let me share with you something. Someone called me years ago and said, I want to come to the mission field. And I said, why? I just want to give my life away. I said, young man, no one here in Peru needs your life. They need the word of God proclaimed to them. Liars. They are liars because they do, not they do not speak according to what is written. They are hypocritical because they pretend to have a spirituality that is from God, but in actuality, at best, their spirituality is carnal or natural, and at worst, it's demonic. Now, again, how do you know if one's spirituality is from God? Because it conforms to what is written. It conforms to what is written. Then it says seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. I believe this can, mean two, this can manifest itself in two different ways. First of all, they know they're lying. They know they're lying. But their conscience is so seared that they no longer believe in God or they no longer fear Him. Now this idea of a conscience seared with a branding iron. When I was on our... On our on our farm, when I was a little boy, we used to dehorn cattle by taking these big cutters and just cutting off the horn. And it was dangerous because it was dangerous for the cattle because blood would spurt and then there was chance of infection and everything else. And it hurt. But later on, what we did is new technology. When a calf was born, we'd bring it in after a certain amount of months and we had this iron electric iron with a hole in it and you would lay it on the nub of that horn and you would go down and go down and it would hurt at first and then all of a sudden the animal would get still because what are you doing you're burning that horn off but you're also burning every one of those nerves so they no longer fear they no longer feel anything that's what it means now they know they're lying but there's another way I think they actually believe they're doing the right thing well, how did they get to this point? They looked at Scripture, and particularly, they looked at the Gospel and found little delight in it, little power in it, little usefulness of it for their ministries. And therefore, God turned them over. And the best word I can use here is to frivolity, to vanity. And churches throughout America that are called evangelical, and that's why that term means absolutely nothing today. All right, I said I was gonna try not to, but he just he just has too much gold to even not even note here. But let's first note that he is listing two types of the last thing he says here is he's listing two types of false teachers. 
which this is important for everybody to pay attention pay attention and understand but note what he said earlier in the beginning when he said that don't be surprised because satan has a kingdom of light that looks exactly like christ's kingdom i mean it looks no different so what does that mean that means that there's a there's a church out there of jesus christ that's preaching out of the bible they are doing good things for the community but guess what it's false and it's part of the kingdom of darkness regardless of how harsh that sounds that's truth now fast forwarding back to the last thing that he said here well, he says there's two different types of people with that that do this kingdom of darkness work. There's liars and people that are intentionally deceiving people and just trying to get their money. And it, this is they are legitimately ran by, you know, demonic influence. And then. There's two there's the second one which I believe the second one probably is a little bit more common especially nowadays where you have the ones that believe they're doing the right thing but the problem is what happened is they looked at the gospel and it did little to nothing for them they had little delight they said Man, this is real difficult to preach. And this is something that is extremely evident in Elevation Church and Stephen Furtick. Travis and I pulled this out immediately with Furtick. He has a very, very good education. He is very well-spoken, very good teacher. We've, I've said this before. The thing is, he looks at the gospel and goes, man, I can't make money off of that. I'm not saying that's what he literally says, but in, in theory, I can't make money off of that. I can't preach that. That doesn't do any good. That doesn't sell any books. That doesn't get any people in the doors. So I'm going to go completely on this other track in order to attract people. And this is where this this type of teacher comes from and i think these are more common these are ones that look a lot different than what type of false teacher that you would be expecting i mean they like they sound good sheep's clothing right because when when travis and i did the theology rest we're listening to it we're going that's not what that means he's taking this story and making it all about you and he's making it all about per and he's he's taking this true story and he's saying true things about this story, but then he's twisting the meaning and, and making it a personal story. Yeah. And it's like that right there is having little delight in the gospel. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are. There are two different types of them, but they are still a false teacher. And this is still a problem. One of the one of the best things I think that he said here though is when he's telling these pastors he's saying and, and why does all this matter people get so upset whenever you talk about a, a pastor like Furtick or, or Carl Lentz or whoever people uh, Judah Smith or whoever. Uh, they get so upset, but I love that. It's like, young man, nobody needs to hear from your heart. They need to hear from God's word. Exactly. That is that is amazing. And that is so true. Because what is it? It's it's emotional. It's an emotional response to something. And that's what these they're they're pros at doing it. Um, you know, they, they turn this super story into you and you're the hero. Yep. Speaking of Michelle Leslie, did you see that picture she posted the other day of David and Goliath? 
Yes. <laughs> it just, I, it's just because every every <laughs> single one of these pastors they take the story of David and the Goliath. Vertex done it specifically. Oh, a hundred times. And he does it well, all the time. Well, even just these memes on Facebook, and you're always David, and there's always Goliath out there that you are battling. And Michelle Leslie, she posted this, this picture of David, and, <laughs> David Goliath, and Goliath out there. You're never David. You are not David. It just not says David. you're not David in <laughs> Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Not. It, it's that's so true. I mean, that's not that story is not about you, and that story yeah. is not about your journey. And it's okay. And it's you know, it, you need to. That's important that you realize that it's not about you, because mm-hmm. there's a beautiful, wonderful story in there, but it has nothing to do with you. No. And and that's very very important. So because when it's all about you, then it's not about what it's supposed to be about, and that's our issue. All so. right, Paul's gonna go on here. He's gonna hit on um, homeschool coming up here pretty quick, and, and it is so nail on. We'll the head. have to pause it after that and laugh and and discuss that. And I have a resource to share when it comes to that too. All right, we'll talk a little bit about this too because I think this was really this podcast. This podcast, we tried to do this one last week before all this started, uh, but we had been contacted a few times, and we know we have a lot of new people, like I said, in the beginning coming yeah. our direction. Um, they said that they were here for the homeschool plans, but then they started listening to my podcast, and they are like, nope. Basically, like, hey, I like your wife, but I don't like you. <laughs> that I mean, that's You're basically... So mean. That's totally basically what it was. They're like, you know, everything was so great watching the other stuff and then listen to the podcast. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, funny thing about that, though, is that our homeschool plans and everything are either based off of my notes from uh, from myself or from all of my resources or where our stuff comes from. So it's the same type of thing that we are teaching our children and that our kids here in our house every day and how our children are able to be little Bereans themselves and know when they hear something that's not right. And this is how we teach it. And this is how we should bring them up. They were upset that I had, of course, which I have set many people off about the whole Hillsong um and you know bethel comments uh, more specifically hillsong people tend to get because hillsong is slightly less heretical well a lot less heretical than bethel i would say uh still that may, does not make them not heretical as, as we're listening to here with paul washer's points um but uh i think it's it's that one's a little bit less to swallow because they're not as off as most are, but they still have some serious issues. And um, that that is definitely, I know, set a lot of people's alarms off. But it's important to be able to hear these things, see these things, call these things out, and protect the faith. We have to have more more respect for God and more more care about truth and we do emotion or feelings you know and it doesn't matter how many good things they've done if they're mishandling the word of truth this it it does not matter i don't care who they are i don't care what they're doing if if it's being mishandled it's it's false it's wrong so um before he uh, yeah, we'll just go ahead and I think try to wait until after he starts bringing up the homeschool part. <laughs> churches all throughout America, evangelical churches, are filled with this kind of frivolity. Now, I want us to look at verses 3 through 5. 3 through 5 totally catch me off guard. In light of verses 1 and 2, I just do not expect 3 through 5. And someone says, why? Well, if you look at verses 1 and 2, I mean, he is using language that's not used anywhere else in the scriptures. He said, the Spirit explicitly says. That's like, hey, listen, this is important. And then he goes on and he talks about 
deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And he talks about men filled with hypocrisy who are liars and are literally seared in their own conscience. And you begin to think, surely, verse 3 is going to talk about the revelation of the Antichrist. I mean, something big is coming in verse 3. But what do we get? Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods. And then we look at that, especially as Americans, and go, well, we have no fear of apostasy. We all marry, and I've looked at most of you, you definitely don't abstain from food. You need to abstain a little bit more, actually, to be biblical. So I didn't want you to think that I was getting too nice. So how, what does this have to do? I mean, how do you put these two things together? They don't make sense. But if you sit there long enough and look at it, you see, wow, I am so in danger of apostasy. The church is so filled, or not the church, but the expression of Christianity in America is so filled with apostasy. What is this saying? I mean, what does it really, really mean? What he's saying is this. Anytime you put anything in front of the gospel of Jesus Christ, anytime you place something higher, you give more emphasis to something other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are committing apostasy at least to some degree, to some kind. Let me give you an example. There are churches that can set above the gospel a certain type of morality or legalism. They're all about rules. Then there, you know, I homeschool and I love homeschoolers and homeschool movements, but sometimes I've gone in to do conferences, and it, 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 honestly, it looks more like a Pride and Prejudice movie than it does Christianity. It's all about the way you dress, and it's all about the way you talk, and it's all about doing calligraphy, and it's all about... What? No! I had a pastor who called me one time, and he said, I want you to come preach in my church because I think we got a lot of lost people in the membership. And I said, well, maybe I ought to preach to you if you've got a lot of lost people in the membership. And I said, what do you mean? He said, man, my church has got a lot of homeschoolers. And I go, brother, I homeschool. You homeschool. So what are you saying? He goes, I got people in my church that if you ask them to stand up and give their testimony, they'll say, five years ago, I found homeschooling. What's happening there? The gospel is being put down and something else is being given importance. What do you talk about most? Preacher, what do you preach about most? That is exactly why we teach our children the way that we teach our children. People think it's extreme. They think it's insensitive. They, you know, anything like that. No, absolutely not. This is, look at what the breakdown is. What, what is happening there? The gospel is being put down and other things are being put up above it. Well, that was my frustration why we wrote the curriculum because I just couldn't get over the fact Bible is treated even within Christian curriculum as an elective, as just a piece of your education. Yeah, which is, yeah, I mean, you can't do that. Should be Absolutely can't. Like, like Paul Washer, I mean, that, that, that great, that thing was hilarious. I want to share that if that kind of stood out to you, that you go over and look up Simply Living for Him the podcast she's on instagram karen she's fantastic she just recently august 15th put out a podcast the idol of homeschooling and other things that distract it was oh my gosh so i mean it's what we talk about all the time it's why we do this it's why we share it's why like anything with homeschool that you see from us like this is what we're trying to do but she her podcast was yeah it was fantastic so if that's something that stands out to you Something else has been more important other than teaching your children the gospel of Christ? Another thing is he made a very important claim there that I want to repeat, and that's 100% truth, and that this ministry stands behind, when he says that anything over the gospel of Christ is apostasy. Yep. Anything. 
anything over that. Doesn't matter. What is the gospel? Well, we'll go. I mean, Paul goes into it a little bit more to to talk about the seriousness of it, but um, and what that is. But I wanted to definitely inform everybody that's new, and and if you have any questions about anything, I mean. We don't hold any punches. We teach biblical truth and we hold the gospel up to be the most important focal point of everything that we do. And we don't, you know, if that means that we have to teach about false teachers and teach our children that, hey, no, we don't get involved in those things. We call those things out. We pray for these people. But these are serious, and we need to be like, ah, no, this is... We, we don't give nope, into the ways We don't world. do this. And, you know, depending on where your platform and where you're called, we need to call these things out and rid the 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 church body of it. Now, you know, like he slipped and said church there earlier. Mm-hmm. Paul Watcher did it. He goes, it's not... You know, the church is not filled with... It. He goes, it's just this vision you know not this whatever this this apostate problem is that it's filled with um we need to remove it and call it out as much as we possibly can this is our duty we have to protect this well, like costy hen just had that article that he put out of how to deal with you know false teachers that we mm-hmm. went through is your pastor calling this stuff out does mm-hmm. it come up does how it often is he preach- how- like paul watcher just said too yeah. preacher what are you preaching about the most yeah costy hen says Hey, does your pastor at least talk about this? At least what? Maybe, what did he say? A few every times? Every few weeks, yeah. Every few weeks? So every few weeks, he has a doom and gloom sermon, a hateful speech about apostasy. Which, of course, I'm being sarcastic. Because that's what everybody everybody always calls it. They call it hate preaching. Whenever you, you try to talk about these things or pour these things out or call out somebody by name. So we should, we, we should be praying for these people. Amen. We should be praying for these people. But we also need to... If you don't call to, them out, how do all the other people know what to right. be aware of? And then they try to, well, this is a private rebuke. No, they are a public figure and they are mishandling the word of truth. There's nowhere in the gospel that tells you that you just need to go up and be like, oh, hey, excuse me. No, it's a it's a serious matter. Of course, you don't need to be combative. You don't need to be abusive you don't need to be anything like that but no but have yes, a little more I care fully, for the word of god right than what i you are. i stand behind and this person and if this person is listening i'm you know i i don't have any ill will or you know any you know whatever if i forgive your comments that you sent in i know you're not even sorry about them but i forgive them um nonetheless but the comments that were sent in was like, you know, you, it's just, we should be praying for them and not saying these things and lifting them up and not tearing them down. And that, again, that couldn't be any more further from biblical truth. I mean, we, we absolutely need to stop these teaching because this, these teachings are upsetting the faith of some and that's very and we that's something that we read in we read in titus and this is something that's very very serious it's titus and timothy both paul warns teachers about false teachers and teachings and how to handle them and what to do like i said we don't want to be combative we don't want to to purposely go for the throat but if that means that we are calling people out like i said by name then that's what has to happen. We don't want to to focus on these things, but how else are you going to be able to discern truth from from these things if you have nobody saying it and saying it in a way like, hey, this is serious. This is something that we don't need to be, we don't need to have it around and we don't need to be associated with this at all. This is something that cannot survive. Because our faith, we we have to have a little bit more respect 
for our faith and for our God than to let somebody trample over it. I made that comment in the podcast the other day, like, what if this was the American flag? Good night. You know, you can't, you can't do anything without, I mean, people get violent. Right. If you say if anybody sees you stomping a flag or burning a flag, that's a death sentence to you. Yeah. Why somebody. So you're letting a teacher trample all over the cross because it makes you feel good or it makes some other people feel good. So why can't we hold this to the same standard? I mean. We just, we should. Uh, we've still got about like another 10 minutes left here. But we'll go, I'll go ahead and let, uh, go ahead and restart here. And then I'll see how long I can make it. I've been accused sometimes of only having one sermon. All I ever do is go to Romans 3 and teach on propitiation. I said, yeah, and I've read hundreds, maybe thousands of Spurgeon sermons, and if he took some obscure text anywhere in the Bible, he made it back to propitiation. As a matter of fact, in my study of all the great preachers down through the centuries, their great emphasis was the gospel of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed. They couldn't get away from it because it captivated them. So if they talked about marriage, they talked about the cross. We can degrade and we can be turn, we can take legalism and we can put it above the gospel. At the same time, and this is more prevalent, we can take antinomianism, our freedoms, and put them above the gospel. The reason I can't enter into some of the freedoms of my younger brothers is because of the gospel. As a matter of fact, look what Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Paul said in Galatians 5.13, For you were, not call, you were called to freedom, brethren, but do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Blessed is the man who meditates upon the law of God. Every time it seems I talk about commands or I talk about my delight in the law of God, people, I mean, people in the church will say to me things like, well, you know, the law is just oppressive. And this is what I always ask them. Just which law is oppressing you? Is it the one that says you shall not take your neighbor's wife? Is that the one oppressing you? Then you got some serious problems. Is it the one that says you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor? Is that the one that oppresses you and makes you feel like you have no freedom? No, we are not saved by the law, our ability to keep commands. No, no, no. We're saved through believing. And even that believing is a gift from God. And yet those of us with a regenerate heart, we delight in the law of the Lord. And it is the law of God, the commands of God, that enable us to know how to express love towards God. Another way is to trivialize the gospel with material prosperity and self-realization. Most a lot of pastors today call themselves life coaches. I applaud that. I want them to stop using the word pastor because they're not. It's like when someone told me a while back, aren't you kind of angry that all these churches are taking Baptist off their, off their uh, you know, signs and stuff? And I said, no, I'm glad they're not Baptist. Self-realization? Prosperity? Brothers, I literally have to restrain myself when I hear somebody say Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, and then point to their Mercedes. 
The Lord will provide what? A ram, an offering, a sacrifice. On that mount he has provided, Christ. Another way in which the gospel, we're having this flip-flop and this apostasy, is we deny the gospel by diminishing the uniqueness of Christ. Brothers, that is going to be, that is going to be the battle of our lives as we grow older. You are going to see, it's already happening, you're going to see it. You're going to see maybe even the great majority of evangelicals are going to deny the uniqueness of Christ. They're going to say, Christ is my Savior. But they're not going to say he is the Savior. They're going to say things like, who am I to judge? I can't judge others and what others believe. No, but for me, Jesus is my Savior. That's apostasy. Listen, I could become the most popular preacher in America tomorrow. I could be on every liberal talk show, news program, and everything. All I have to do is change the definite article to an indefinite article. I have to stop saying Jesus is the Savior and start saying he is a Savior, and everyone will applaud me. You see, Christians were persecuted in the first centuries for being atheists. Did you know that? Because there, there was the land before them. There was the Roman Empire with thousands upon thousands of gods. And everyone was okay with everyone else's gods. They traded gods like, they trade, like we would trade baseball cards when we were little kids. They affirmed one another. And then here comes the Christian. All your gods are vanity. They are not gods. And furthermore... Caesar isn't Lord. Jesus is. Do you see that? We are going to see, I believe, a massive wave of apostasy. And here's what's going to happen. When preachers like me will not give in on the day they throw my old body in jail, the great majority of evangelicals will stand up and say, Amen, we're tired of that preacher's hatred and intolerance. Don't you ever give in to that. You give in to that, my friend, you are not Christian. You are not Christian at all. Then another way... And this, this may hit some of you. When a church, and when I say church, I mean a local body of believers. When a church uses anything other than the gospel as a drawing card for the church, they're close to apostasy. Let me give you an example. I go to websites. I look up a church. I see a website. What's amazing to me? I see this photograph. It's so common of just a bunch of spectacularly beautiful people. With, I mean, they're beautiful. And they're all smiling and they're maybe hugging one another. And you hear things like a, a, an accepting, serving, kind community and invites you to join them or something like that. My first question is, I, I, I want to go to my pastor sometimes and ask him this question. How did they get all the beautiful people? Because our people are kind of ugly. I mean, really? I mean, where did they get all these beautiful people? And then the gospel is found on page 16 of the website, a watered down, powerless version of what is written. Their drawing card is them. And you say, well, Brother Paul, what did Jesus say? You know, they would know we are Christians by our love. The apostles didn't walk around hugging one another as they walked into town. So don't take that text out of context. I was with Brother Conrad. He may not even remember this. We were in Romania together years and years ago. 
and he was preaching to our missionaries and he said this he said do you want to know how the Apostle Paul started a church he took a big billboard out and he wrote upon it the most scandalous thing he could possibly write we preach Christ crucified and it was in that scandalous message that the power of God was manifested in the regeneration and redemption of men Don't try to put a pretty worldly face on your church. Don't develop this idea that the cults frequently use that we're going to soft sell the gospel, put the demands somewhere away in the back or the scandalous content somewhere in the back and gradually we'll move the people toward that. That's deception. Congratulations, you've just become much like these people described in verses 1 and 2. We preach Christ. We preach Christ crucified. Now, in 56 seconds, what is the cure for this? Look at verse 6. Young Timothy, in pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. What is our job? Just like a ship's captain at the pulpit. You keep that boat in the right direction. And what is that direction? Headed straight for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything about your church is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your proclamation begins with the gospel of Jesus Christ in living colors. In living colors. The gospel, the gospel. Nothing greater has ever been given to a creature. Nothing greater has ever been done by God. And is your palate so unrefined spiritually that you desire other things? Is your church's palate so unrefined because of your preaching that you have to entertain them or Get them occupied in your vision so that they have some purpose. I really get sick and tired of men with all their visions. Pastor, the only vision you need is Christ crucified and raised from the dead. And then you simply obey him. You obey him and allow that obedience and the grace of God to take you where Christ wants you to go. Stop building your own kingdom. Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do only what is written. Let's pray. Ooh. So that pretty much just hit on everything. Yeah, if that didn't just uh, pierce you to the core, then you probably want to leave this channel because that, I mean, is exactly what we are about. It's exactly what how we teach our children when we run the I run the ministry we run the homeschool with is this type of of attitude and this type of teaching but there's um there's so many points that he brought up there about a false false gospel and um you know it, it is it's it's any Anything that sets Christ lower is is false. It's an apostasy. So, do we stop and really think about that? I mean, look at your life. Assess yourself on that. We all have to. Well, and I mean, when this is why I'm so hard on these places. Why? Why I would say people yep. get upset when I talk about Hillsong, as I was saying earlier. But it's like if you're putting something above christ yep like this that's apostasy i don't care how good it is go listen to the podcast that we did yesterday about the uh what if paul's letter to the galatians would have been written today if you haven't noticed the bible is extremely raw and you read stuff on it you're like man that was rude yeah but you know that's not just cultural 
because there's instruction there. There's serious instruction. And there's people that will sneak in and bring destructive heresies to the body. And it happens. We see it all the time. I was just talking to one of our dear sisters just a little bit ago. And she is one that has been absolutely destroyed by this NAR movement. It had just been torn up one side and the other. Completely left, wanted to leave. But still had that, you know, no, I know there's something right in there. And came back and found truth. But that doesn't happen very much. And that's what I was that's what I was telling her. Most people like with what happened with Marty is they they realize that it's not fulfilling. There's something there that that just doesn't sit right with them. It's not fulfilling them personally. It's not getting them further. Whatever it is. I'm not going to speculate for anybody what that is. But it just does not fill them. So they have to move on. And then they end up moving out. And most of the time they don't come back. Because what they were taught was false. So now their view of everything is they've gone out into the world and exposed their belief system and the world just eats that up because they're like heck yeah and so this just gets lumped in with all evangelical christianity and assuming that it's just all bogus and all the same way but yet we have a complete different type of gospel that's being taught and people are walking away from that's that's the problem and that's the problem with this this these a lot of the newer teachers nowadays is they want to they just want to turn it exclusive but it turns empty after a while it just gets it gets boring it gets it, it's not so cool you realize that sometimes people are not so accepting to christians and all these things that you're going out and doing really aren't fulfilling you they're really not fruitful works they're not but you feel and so you just walk away. It's empty. And that's and once you fully know the truth and have the truth and you completely grow in it, you do not leave it. And that's why we talk about these things. That's why we teach them in our school. And that's why we as believers in the body need to to keep calling them out. So, again, it's, it's fine if you... Um, disagree um i mean in this this is a warning this isn't really up for debate i mean this isn't like oh this is my opinion no this is biblical truth so i mean no we're not going to argue this but definitely if there's questions or anybody that needs help um you know with being shown further what are the issues with these teachings and these people and why and why we should move away from them we'd be more than i'd be more than happy to help you um but we'll go ahead and link uh paul washer's sermon here so if you want to go ahead and listen to it without me talking through you can uh hi do you want to say anything i don't think so i think pretty much covered everything don't you i think so yeah feel like it yeah all yep. right thanks call it a day